0: finds Draymond Green, Green to the basket, kicks it out of Gadala,
1: Thompson for three, bang! Play Thompson from downtown, it's a six-point lead, timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point quarter lead turn into a six-point deficit. Yo, 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 guys. Welcome back to the Game 6 Clay podcast. It's your boy, Gotham. My boys, Charlie and Matt. Uh, and, guys, uh, you know, fun fun weekend of basketball, fun week so far, um, ups and downs. But, finally, Game 6 Clay, we can uh, talk about our namesake. Clay Thompson is back, and it's wonderful to watch, guys. Um, let's just jump right into it. First game back. Um I don't know what you guys' expectations was. Um, I don't know if you guys had any expectations, but just watching that guy, number 11 on the court again, getting shots up, um, dunking on fools, um, crossing people up. Um, I don't think we could have scripted a better game. Uh, I'll get into my thoughts in a little bit, but I want to hear what you guys thought about Clay's first game back and uh, everything you guys were feeling going into it. Uh, Matt, Charlie, whoever you're pointing at, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away, sir. All right. All right.
0: Okay. Um, thrilling. I have no other words, man. It was it was a great experience that first night. Um, I thought they did a super good job in the broadcast of letting the you know the fans watching from home get a feel of how how cool it was at a I almost said Oracle but uh, Chase. Um, it was great. I mean, we'll get into how he looked in a second, but as far as just how it felt, I like literally was every time he scored, I was out loud yes, yes, and like standing yeah. up and like like throwing my fist around, man, if he drilled a three, I was, it was just so exciting. And it was just like, I mean, everyone did a really good job just kind of encapsulating how it's been about um, how vulnerable he's been and how we all kind of got to go along on the journey with, with him as silly as that sounds. I mean, he's the guy who had to do all the work, but like it's been a tough, however long it's been. And it was cool to see him get that moment. And it was cool to see him look good. And obviously that, uh, that he had, I was laughing. Man. I was laughing like a, like an absolute dummy. I just was like so happy. And the, the only thing that could happen was, was the purest sound of laughter. And that was me, man. It was, it was a great night. And uh, game two was just as good with him back, but uh, let's hear, let's hear what you think, Chuck.
2: Yeah, man. Crossing up Jared Allen too, on that dunk. Like, slowest crossover of all time, man. I, you know, it. it's slow. It may be slow, but it worked. Effective. Um, effective. It was, it was as quick as it needed to be. uh but no like he looked he looked good as far as like what you can expect i think the things that the things that you don't really expect to be there you know like getting blown by occasionally and you know maybe not having like the same sort of spring off his right leg um those are sort of the things coming with time and especially just, you know, the touch looking off. It's not that he's like struggling to get his shots, which is a really good sign. I think that's one of the things you look for is, oh, is he able to like go out and get the same stuff he wants to do? You know, like do a quick little fake and like dribble out into a reload three, um, just sort of the staple stuff for him. And he's able to do that. And the touch will just eventually come back with time. And it's a good thing that he's gotten up like 30 shots. (laughs) <laughs> in like <laughs> the 40 minutes he's played which is just awesome like rock star mentality just hucking that thing every time he touches
1: shoot.
2: yeah and you know he's putting in like almost 40 percent of his threes and you got to assume that he's going to get back to his old form with you know being a pretty good rim finisher and he's still a very capable mid-range guy so it all looks good on that end and I think it the one the one sign for me that was you know tough on defense is that he hasn't been on those primary matchups, but I don't I understand why they don't want to like take Wiggins out of that and just you know let Clay work back into it in his own way instead. So I think it's positive at least that they can sort of let him work back to his own on defense because the defense has been so great while sort of giving him like whatever he wants to do offensively right now.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think you guys both hit it, uh, Matt, with the sentiment. Um like that day was just so magical. Like that Niners game to before it as well. Like just that whole vibe of um, you know, just comeback victories, comeback stories. I mean, the Niners encapsulated a big playoff game coming up. Um and then obviously just to tune in to watch Clay, I think um not only us, but Warriors fans in the Bay Area across the world. Um, they were looking forward to this day Um, and I think it lived up to the hype and I think you hit it, Matt. I think they did a great job of letting Clay kind of absorb that moment, Um, even with uh, announcing it, um, letting him, you know, have that Twitter post or whatever the the, uh, account posted. Um, So I think it was just, they, they murdered the, uh, the comeback. I think Uh, basketball wise um, no expectations really. Um, Charlie, you kind of said it like a lot of this stuff is going to come with time and reps and just gameplay and that's kind of the last step of this rehab process. Um, and we're seeing, like, it, like you said, like uh, Clay's getting the shots. Um, he's not afraid to shoot, which I don't think anybody thought he would be. Um, but just the uh, the aggressiveness that you uh, seen him play play with, and uh, defensively, he had the uh, he had that block on Jared Allen should I have or not Jared Allen somebody on somebody on the Cavs and against that Cavs game he had that block. So it was Marking, well, in. marking in. yeah, he was moving well laterally. Um, as well as you might think. And obviously that dunk was um, just 941 days of just pent up non-basketball playing. So um, couldn't expect anything else. Couldn't ask for anything more. Um, And it's just great to have him back, man. I think uh, he's coming back at the right time in terms of where the season's going. Um, Obviously, uh, we can get into this now. Last night, uh, Memphis, tough. I mean, great game, but tough, you know, those Warriors offensive struggles and, the uh what we've been seeing the last weekish week and a half um kind of took over in that fourth quarter we thought it was cured in the third um so what are you guys thoughts on these continued warriors offensive struggles is it a reason to be concerned uh, is there something you're seeing on the court um that you know you could fix this or is it just missing shots what uh, what do you guys take away from these offensive struggles
0: I want to back up real quick. Um, offense will be a huge thing. I think Clay will key into that for sure. Um, but I kind of think his time, Charlie. You mentioned just the defensive stuff. Do you guys think he's not because of his capability? But I i don't really see him as being the Warriors' primary wing defender anymore or guard defender going forward. I know you kind of mentioned getting back to that. I think as long as I think they're going to seek out guys to where Clay's kind of going to be someone where if you're the Warriors, he's someone you're always comfortable on defense. You know, if a guy gets switched on the clay, I think the best case scenario is you feel good about it. But he's not a guy for, for a thousand reasons. You know, not least among them, you want him you want him fresh for offense right now. He's coming off obviously the injuries coming off. Of, so I was like, I think that time is up.
2: Yeah, I think, I think there is a certain amount of that with Clay, where having him as the second option sort of takes a lot off his plate, like physically. And Wiggins has just been a total horse, you know? So just from like a regular season perspective, like you just want to have Wiggins out there being like taking on the tougher matchups and just taking the brunt of things physically and having clay sort of play more secondarily. And maybe things can change if they're in the playoffs and they feel comfortable with where clay's defense at. But again, you know, like, it's not a knock on clay to say that his defense isn't already as good as, Andrew Wiggins has been because
1: Andrew Wiggins has been nearly in terms of perimeter defense.
2: And also yeah. like the
1: Warriors as a team are a much better defensive team than I think we've seen. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the best version defensive we've seen um, of this team. And so, again, don't just ease load on clay. I think you've got enough guys that can defend um, obviously Draymond, anchoring Wiggins, GP, Um, so I think just the pressure on clay to be that primary ball, uh, stopper or like best player stopper is not even there anymore. Like it's not even a need. Um, so for him to just ease back in defensively is just going to help the team long-term as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's all, it all makes total sense. I'm not concerned about it. I just thought it was a fun little wrinkle to see how it will come along. Um, as far as the offense goes, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not, again, I think, some of this can be attributed to Steph slumping as hard as he has been, which I just want to say it's been half a season now, or half of the season now he's not been shooting well. It's not just like a slump, it's twenty games essentially, you know, all of December and then um, January so far. Um, I'm just getting a lot of rocketsy vibes from this team offensively of late, just with their with their shot profile and their kind of reluctance, except for like auto porter junior to take mid range shots which is weird. I mean, he's, I do want all auto shooting mid range shots, but I would not. I want to see Jordan Poole shooting more mid range shots. I want to see, or sort of floaters, but, um, Steph doing that a lot more. And it's, I think it's all correctable, but I think they are a team that doesn't want to take mid range shots. They don't have a lot of guys who can get to the rim. They want to shoot a lot of threes and they want to get to the basket. But, um, especially if Steph's not on the floor, they're not getting a lot of action at the rim. I think it's kind of been their, their biggest issue. Uh, I, I am. I am excited to see Clay back out there for that reason, though, because his mid-range game is money still. Like I guarantee, he's, he's not his field goal percentage right now sucks. It's because he got blocked at the rim like four or five times. You know, what I mean, both games probably. You know, um, which is fine. That'll come along, like you both noted. But um, he's getting to his mid-range spots, and I'm not saying one guy's gonna fix the offense. This offense is not going to be good so long as Steph is struggling as hard as he is. But having a guy like Clay who can who first of all can and wants to seek out mid-range shots um, towards the end of the shot clock, especially is going to be huge. I think so. That's that's kind of my two cents there on the offense.
2: Yeah. I don't really think there's a whole lot that needs changing in the immediate term because, you know, as we're working into this, like we've talked about, you know, having the season phases and now you're working into phase two where, Clay is being reintroduced and you just sort of have to like, let things happen there because this elite like baseline level of defense is it's going to be there regardless. If you add Clay to the mix, you know, unless he's been, unless he like, you know, starts to become a liability out of nowhere, which would be really, really a shock. Like they're going to have this unit together or unless they have big injuries. So I think the way you sort of have to look at it now is yes, Steph is in this big slump and clay is back. Like clay's working his way in. You're going to have probably a top two seed, like at the very least home court, like he should probably not worry about seeding and worry more about health and preparing for the playoffs. And part of that is looking at it and saying, now we have 40 games to figure out what to do with the offense. So, I don't think there's really a whole lot of room for concern in that way because, you know, there isn't the urgency attached of like, oh, we have to be winning games at a frantic pace to stay alive and also figure this out. Like they can just figure this out and, you know, play like 600, you know, winning percentage basketball and, you know, sort of coast towards the finish line. Like if that's the worst that com- worst case scenario, like that's not, <laughs>
1: that's not, not all that bad. bad. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I think especially like you said, Charlie, that phase one of the season, um, like we know the last time, like it was just exceeded everyone's expectations and just um, allows, like you said, just allows this team to naturally get that offensive flow back. Um, It's not going to be easy. Um, You know, Clay, for as great as he is, like he, he's like Steph, he's one of those guys where you need guys to know how to play around him. And Outside of Steph and Draymond and Looney, like none of these guys have played with clay before ever. And, you know, it's gonna take time to to adjust, readjust to clay coming back to the court, but also the guys on the court playing with clay. So I think like it's what we're seeing is not anything that we shouldn't have expected. I think it's been, you know, you kinda threw gasoline on the fire with just everybody hitting a slump. Um and I think that has, you know, kinda Started this narrative of, or not necessarily a narrative, but just this topic of Warriors' offense struggling. It is struggling, but uh, like you said, Sean, I don't think it's anything to be worried about. A lot of these misses too are still open shots, especially Steph's misses. Um, there's not like he's getting. I mean, he is getting like you know defenses thrown at him, but he's able to figure out a way to still put the ball in the basket. And he's missing open shots. Um, as you know, if if this continues, you can start you know maybe diving a little deeper as to what's going on, but. In terms of in terms of uh, winning games, the Warriors' defense again has kept them in games for the entire season, um, and I I don't see that stopping even when Draymond's not on the court. Um, so the core of this team is defense. So as long as that's being um, you know as long as they're playing defense every night, uh, there's going to be nights where they're going to uh, make their shots. they're going to be nights where they're missed. Um But in terms of struggles, like it's just it's gonna it's gonna get fixed as the season goes on. Uh, we're in January right now. I guarantee you by the time all-star break starts to roll around, um, we're going to be having a different tone. Um, this team's just going to figure it out within then or as we, you know, get closer to the playoffs.
0: So I think Steph's going to figure it out. I think you're right about the offense. Again, this team is like – when you've got, you know, I think a few weeks ago, I don't know if it still is, but it was top 20 defense all time uh, as far as defensive rating goes. Um When you have that baseline for defense, it's really hard to not be in games. We've seen that with them for the most part, I mean, obviously – um, they've struggled at the end of the game sometimes, but I think you guys kind of nailed that. Um, especially when you have, I mean, by the time things roll around and get really going, the team gets more comfortable with clay. They're going to have four guys who, offensively, can get you a bucket and kind of take you home. I think, which will take care of a lot if the defense gets going. But I do want to ask because I'm not I'm not concerned yet. Um, I do think it's been not danced around. I just don't, I don't think Steph's been good. I just don't, I think again, his, his presence is so valuable But at what point do we, what, at what point do we get concerned? At what point is it like, again, it's half the season now. Like, you know, they they started out, I think I saw they started out 18 and two to 12 and eight since then Steph's been shooting well below, you know, efficient numbers, period, not just for him, but efficiently at all for a while now, at what point is it? Okay. Something going on with him. Do we need to figure something else out? Because, Half the season isn't nothing, and again, I think he'll figure it out See he's Steph Curry, and I think, like you said, this is a great time for Clay to come back and for them to figure out um, how to adjust, but I don't think it's nothing. So, 10 more games, 15 more games, all-star break. When do you start feeling bad about this?
2: Uh, I think the adjustment for right now, um, I think in terms of roster stuff, that's more like in 10 to 15 games is a good margin because, you know, there's, so, there's sort of like some guys I have my eye on where I'm like, you know, could we be – Using this roster spot a little differently. And that's an episode for later because I know that that would take a very long time. But uh, the one thing I think they should start really committing to is resting Steph uh, a bit more than they planned on before the season. You know, I think the occasional back to back when the schedule piles up was what they had planned on, but maybe it's all back to backs and, you know, the occasional thunder or you know magic pistons game whatever it is like he's just you know it's it's not it's it seems weird because like you you know you say it's like past a slump but you know it was the same thing against the grizzlies like he's still just missing wide open shots and like Mm -hmm. you know he's still he's got that floater going off the glass like he's got a lot of things going for him still but you know, the shot has just not been there and especially from close range is what's concerning, you know, because from deep that is, that's here and there. Like, you know, we know that that goes up and down, but the stuff around the rim starts to make me think that like maybe just playing it a little more cautiously with his, you know, what sort of speed he's playing at right now uh, is the way to go. And you know i know like you said 12 and 8 over the last stretch of games and that includes some tough games also some injury an injury. injury yeah rough scheduling stuff like i'm not too worried about that you know like um, and especially the just the way this team grinds to a halt without draymond offensively it's so apparent and looking at having all those games like without him for protocols and this injury we'll talk about the upcoming road trip but that really just sinks the offensive rating and when you have these games where you're scoring you know like 94 points against Cleveland like that's gonna drag it down and luckily the defense is able to keep them alive but I think that for me the change you have to make right now is just giving Steph as much rest as you can afford to give him
1: yeah I mean there's not much more I can add on. Um, I think in terms of when do we get concerned? I mean, I, I don't really see a time where you do get concerned. I think just the threat of Steph um, is never going to decrease. Um, so in terms of creating offense, um, Steph gravity or whatever, that's never going to, the biggest part of the, the offense that I think Steph brings besides like his like obvious natural ability and stuff, but just that gravity, which opens it up for other guys. I don't think that's ever going to decrease, so I'm not concerned until you know it costs us a playoff series. So like until until then, like it's it's just it's just the ups and downs of the season. Um, granted, like now, like you pointed out, that it's been about half the season at this point. But I think from Charlie's point. I think Steph's workload in that beginning part of the season as well. Um, he was playing every game, every back to back, every. Um,
0: Balls to the wall, man. It was not. Yeah, exactly. So
1: and we saw the fruits of that. You know, we were whatever nineteen and two, um, and thirty and ten now. So it set set us up for a great, uh, great part. And like we said earlier, like it's uh, we have the luxury to, um, you know, give Steph some big games off, um, let him figure it out. Um, I, I'm not concerned at all, um, solely because it's his gravity is not going to change. So what he brings. To the table is is you know it's, it'll get fixed, um, but offensively, I mean, it's it's just one of those ups and downs kind of thing.
0: I like that you brought up just the the start. I think that's that was by design for the Warriors. I think I think getting off to a really good start was part of this. With, with this kind of thing in mind, uh, you get off to a great start. They killed the easiest part of the schedule, and they they beat good teams all the while. But giving themselves and Clay especially a uh, a long runway was kind of the biggest thing here. Um, Speaking of setting teams up, uh, we're halfway through the season, right? Uh, There's a pretty solid top four in the West right now, I'd say, in Phoenix, Golden State, um, Utah, and Memphis actually is cracked top three, I think. Um, And Memphis just beat Golden State last night. Obviously, um, you know, we were talking talking pre-pod about just um, all the different lineups Kerr was trying and how I think you guys are definitely on the same page. And I think I'm kind of, I'm I'm pretty close to that as well. How mostly okay with the experimentation at this point and given where the team is at and given um you know they they were out to their biggest forwards in Draymond and Kaminga, um playoff seating is gonna start getting talked about whether or not you think it's important is kind of what we're gonna get at here. Do you guys think seating is gonna be important for this team? Is there a certain team out of those four uh you would not wanna see early on or wanna
2: see more early on? I think looking at Home court being, you know, obviously the priority, but it's it's going to make more of a difference this year than it did in years past, I think, now that you're starting to see these more filled arenas, so you can't, you know, take it as lightly. And I think they're going to want to stay in that top three range because it's going to be dangerous to, you know, get into the position where you might be facing, like, a Memphis or Maverick's team in like the the four or five matchup and then have to go play Phoenix or Utah, whoever you know gets the one. Like that's sort of the situation where you've made the path so tough that it might not matter what your team is looking like. So I think that's gonna that's gonna have to be like the tightrope they walk is how do we like win enough games to stay in that position, and compete with Phoenix and Utah because you know, Memphis is I think tied with Utah right now, but Utah's in a bit of a slump and at the same time, Memphis is just like scorching hot and they've had a lot of pretty good defensive luck as well. So I I think they'll probably stay around that four seed, but I think you know, you just you just can't afford to slip past Memphis at this point. Um that's sort of where I'm at with it. And you know, in terms of like the lower teams to avoid I wouldn't want to play the Nuggets, especially if they're able to get Jamal Murray back. Um, But the bottom of the West is just not that concerning right now. You know, like the Clippers look like, you know, it sort of seemed like it could be a deep field with like the Lakers possibly getting things together again. And, you know, the Clippers like sort of patiently waiting to like have good injury luck. And that just hasn't happened at all. So I think you're sort of looking at this like scenario where you stay in the top three, you feel pretty good about your first round matchup. And from there you just kind of start to play, you know, the game of, okay, who do we want to like face the most in the semifinals? Like, do we feel good about facing Phoenix? Do we feel good about Utah? Um, Or are we going to try to gun hard for that one seed so that we can get not only the eight matchup, but play, you know, either Memphis or Dallas and really try to make that path easier on them. You think um,
0: you guys have a preference out of Utah or, I mean, right now the second round would be against either Utah or Memphis. Gotham preference there.
1: Honestly, I think we match up well with <clears throat> both teams. Um, I think Memphis just something, even like even yesterday's game, um, you know, we got down early, um, but like, there's nothing about them that really strikes fear into me. Whereas Utah, you know, Mitchell can get hot. They've got shooters, um, all around, not saying that Memphis is not, um, not a good team or, um, doesn't have the ability to beat us. They obviously do. But I just think in terms of personnel, I think with Draymond back, uh, defensively and offensively, um, a lot of those mistakes get cleaned up yesterday. And we we play them well. I mean, we the first game. I know we lost in overtime, but you know we had a double like fifteen something point lead on them. Beat them the second time at home. Um, so I think we play them really well. We match up pretty well. Utah, obviously, we beat them earlier, but um, like again, I'm not. I, both of those teams don't really concern me. Um, I don't. The the only team that I really like I want to see is uh, is the Suns. I think it would be a fun fun series. I think they match up really well with us. Healthy. Um, so I, in terms of seeding, I, I'd want to keep that top two seed, um, one or two, I think psychologically just as where we started, um, how we started the season, where we're at. Um, I think if you fall below that two seed, um, just like a psychological change, like, uh, damn, like we blew, like we could have had the top two seed, didn't ended up three, four, whatever it is. Um, and just having home court for as long as possible, um, is obviously the Warriors can go on a road, go on the road and beat any team. Uh, we've seen that, um, and I have total confidence in them. But um, yeah, if I had to pick between Utah or Memphis, I'd, I'd pick Memphis. They're young as well, um, so there's that playoff experience. Um, Will come in clutch with uh, our core guys, and um, we've seen what they can do in the playoffs. So if I had to pick, I'd say Memphis. But you know, can go can go either way.
0: Yeah, I kind of I think there's not really a wrong answer there. I kind of go back and forth. I think. Utah's offensive ceiling is kind of spooky to me because mm-hmm. if they have a hot series, all of a sudden, it's just, they have as much firepower as anybody all of a sudden. Um,
1: and again, if they have a cold series like they did last year, oh, the yeah. Tigers, it's no, the exact same. So.
0: But stylistically, I, I'm not, Utah just doesn't really scare me in that way. If I'm golden state, I feel pretty confident about them. They don't have a lot of wing defense or guard defense. I mean, if you like calmly still, that's, I, I like my Conley as well. Um, but I feel like Steph pool clay, even Wiggins, I mean, could all have pretty solid series there, I think. Um, the just only add, thing that scares
1: you, me... You, you get Wiseman back, back, too, for length in terms of defending Gobert as well. So you really match up well with, you know, Utah and obviously Memphis.
0: I'm still so, I'm still skeptical of our, our Wiseman guy coming back and how he's going to look. But, um, <laughs> but uh, the no. only thing that scares me about Memphis is just if they play the Golden State in, a, in the second round... They're just like, they're so young and they're, they're really physical. And I think I I would never pick Memphis in that series, but that's the kind of series where if it goes six, it's going to be a really brutal six games on golden state because it's just golden state's best guys are in their thirties and they're in clay's case coming off injuries. And Memphis has a lot to handle from one to five. They just have big burly guys who are really cocky and really want to win and are really competitive And that would probably scare me more going into a conference final series uh, to come out of a series with those guys than to come out of a series with Utah, I think.
2: Yeah. I think another thing with playing the jazz too is they just, they, you know, Memphis, like being this young, hungry team, like that's huge um, uh, for like, I think not only health wise, but the fact that they're going to come into that series and, really just make it tough. Uh, then on top of the fact that jaw has just been an impossible guard, like not like to guard him has been impossible yeah. because his, his, the way his way to break down the pick and roll was just insane. And um, we talk about how high up that guy gets, man. That is insane. it's nuts, dude. Like, I mean, you know, we've been spoiled to watch Gary Payton all year and like Jaw makes him look, you know, normal. Like you need to call you <laughs> like, for a room. Uh, but, you know, I think if I had to pick between a Memphis series and a Utah series, I would much rather play Utah just because the way the Warriors are set up is a terrible, terrible thing for like the way Utah wants to move. Like they don't have athletic wings. Um,
0: and, right, go on to your Joe Ingalls crusade, man. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about Joe Ingalls uh, wing defense, man.
2: Dude, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, shit on the guy too hard because, like, <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad because, you know, it he's, rip. Had, it rip, Chuck. he's got a lot of, like, family stuff. And, you know, he, like, clearly, like, his family's in Australia. Like, so that's, you know, like, a part of it. Right? Okay. Uh, bad job. Yeah, but at the same time, he's also, he also, like, signed an extension, like, knowing that he didn't really want to be in the United States. And then, like, has sort of checked out. <laughs> like, so that just kind of sucks. It, like, it sucks for him. It sucks for the Jazz. Like, it just sucks. And, you know, at the same time, like, I would love to see uh, Joe Engels trying to defend us. So, and, you know, all the rest of their defenders. Like, the thing is, they're, like, so reliant on having Rudy to clean up everything at the rim and they don't want to, like, bring him high on defense, and that leaves, like, what, 34, 35-year-old? I don't know how old Mike Conley is, but... He's old. You, you Yeah, he's old, and, like, you can't just leave him out up top trying to, like, navigate these screens. Mm-hmm. It, you know, he's having a hell of a time just trying to do it with Steph, and, like, Clay is going to... Clay's just going to make that even worse. And, like, you know, Don, Donovan Mitchell's not doing that defensively or um, Jordan Clarkson. So, like, I would much rather have that matchup because the Warriors don't rely on interior scoring in the traditional sense. They can get their baskets in behind Gobert and, like, draw him out and dish in behind him with their quick movement and cutting. So, they just don't match up very well at all to the warriors and i think it sort of showed in that earlier matchup this season even though it was a close game like utah played really well and the warriors still just pulled that one out off the strength of staff so Warriors are down down a few starters too right i think i think draymond, draymond was now too. for that game yep no draymond so that's you know the thing too where i'm like yeah, like you it's fair to, like, look at these games and be concerned. But at the same time, like, Cavaliers have been, like, a top-four seed in the East, beat them without Draymond. Like, Grizzlies, you know, they had Dylan Brooks out, which oh, I'll make the case that that's a plus for them. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, they're always a tough team, and they played them close without Draymond, and it was the same, you know, for that Jazz game, obviously pulling that one out. So I think they have to feel good about some of those games, even if they came in losses, to be like, oh, this team really just has, like, such a high, high baseline.
0: Yeah, and even as noted, too, I mean, someone pointed it out, probably might have been you on Twitter, just that, um, again, the 26-27 lineups the Warriors played, I mean, that's not a that's not a game that, I mean, Steve Kerr, I think, wants to win those games, but it's not a game he's... Uh, coaching to win absolutely you know what i mean he's obviously trying a lot of yeah, things 100%. out and if anything i mean the warriors left that game film like i know wiggins kind of got slandered after the game for not being able to guard GP 2 and i think that was colored a lot by that last possession where in in two two um jaws credit did i say wiggins guarding gb2 yeah
1: yes, I, think, I meant i meant wiggins concerned. guarding uh guarding it's the jaws. jumping ability
0: yeah man <laughs> but uh wiggins got absolutely torched on that last kind of uh game-defining possession, but um, he did okay. Like, John, ja, this game in the possessions where when Wiggins uh, was out, GB2 was out as well, that's when Ja really got going, and that was the whole first quarter as well. Like, not having GB2 in all the first quarter, Ja went for 13 or 15, so um, the rest of the game was not nearly the same. I think the Warriors can leave that game saying at least I think we have one of two or three guys in the league who can reasonably well guard who – a guy who's probably going to be a first team on the A-point guard next to Steph. So I feel okay about that.
2: Hey, perfect time for me. That's the uh, thread I was planning on doing tomorrow was a little little GP2 on jaw action because that completely it's... turned the switch um, in the second half and late in that second quarter too after he was just beating them up with a like, JTA trying to guard him and...
1: Man, like, dude, I love JTA, but the, he's just getting thrown. He's, like, it's hard. It's hard. Like, I mean, he played what? He played that starting thing and then he just didn't play the rest of the game? He's dude, bad, he played the first seven minutes round. after starting. Minute, yeah. And
2: then was done. And, like, fair. Because he did not play well at
1: all. But, like, it's just the turnovers, man. He just, I, I feel <laughs> like he just consists, as for every good play he has, he has, like, two or three boneheaded ones. I just um, like I just don't understand how like the
2: guy you have the confidence to start him, but he also has a short enough leash where like one really bad six minute stretch means you yank him from the rotation for the night on a night where you're trying twenty six different rotations like uh, you know like <laughs> if if you're trying stuff then you know try it don't like p- completely pull the Rug out from under the guy just because he like had a couple bad turnovers and didn't take shots he should have and whatever it may be like just stewing on it for a whole. Let, let him play year. through it
1: is what you're saying, huh? Like let him play through it. Or just
2: let him play something, you know. Like <laughs> I feel like just just I I just can't think of any time like where a guy's just like started played that you know played like seven minutes and then it got benched for the whole rest of the game without being injured. Like, how how does that make sense? I can tell sense? you, man. I can tell you. But, you know, whatever. That's why I'm here. and That's why yeah, Charlie's okay. here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Chuck's world. I, I don't understand. I don't. Yeah, okay. I mean, to
0: it is, it's kind of out of curve. All people do that, too, because he's somebody who you know, come hell or high water is going to play his guys a lot of the time. So that was a bit surprising, but uh, in, in his defense, JTA has not been good for a minute now. Um, But let's, let's take a quick one guys and reconvene after a word from our sponsor anchor. All
1: right. Anchor. Yes, sir. Thank you. Anchor. Yo, yo, yo guys, welcome back. Thank you, Matt, for our obviously great sponsor anchor. Um, And guys, as we jump back in, um, you know, Road trip already kicked off, but uh tough start last night. Um, tough L but you know, life goes on, season goes on. Uh, but we've got a good stretch of road games um coming up, starting with the defending champions, Milwaukee Bucks. We got the one seed Bulls. We got a Timberwolves team that's pretty good too. Um, so guys, uh, let's uh let's let's preview this. Um Bucks, Bulls, Wolves, start with the Bucks, Charlie and Matt, what are you guys feeling? Um what are you guys feeling for this road trip, man? What's what's the yeah, what's the vibe going in? Well, I think having a back-to-back
2: against the Bucks and Bulls is just brutal, especially if you're not gonna have Draymond. Um it seems like I think the Bucks aren't gonna have Drew or mm-hmm. George Hill. So like, you know, you might have a shot at that game. Um I would honestly just like like I think they've already ruled out clay for The The Bulls game, uh, just on the back end of the back-to-back. So I'd like to see them, you know, sort of like push the chips on trying to win that Bucks game and just, you know, punt it for that Bulls one. Like, it's a tough game anyways, going on the back-to-back, and they're a tough team. They're also out of conference, so you know you're not going to be, like, measuring up the film of this one too much unless, you know, you – Happen to be playing them in the finals, and that's too small of a chance to want to like get a real look at them. So, uh, I think they'll probably just end up splitting the two in terms of who plays what. Um, you know, like hopefully taking a good shot at that Bucks game, which should be fun because it'll just be Steph going full tilt against Giannis and Middleton. Uh, And I think they'll be able to pull that one out. And that Wolves game, you know, should be competitive. I just think that the Warriors' baseline is too high and the Wolves is not. Um, And that just feels like a game they're going to be able to win just on the strength alone. And, you know, Wiggins Wiggins quietly gets up for those Wolves games. Not quiet, man. He's big time. (laughs) Well, he does it quietly, but, like, the stat line isn't quiet. Like, he... He loves that. So, <laughs> wolves, in <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's fun, wolves in Minnesota wigs. Yeah, uh, it's a fun – I said
0: Wolves in Minnesota for Wiggins is always a good one, man. I think that was – did he dunk on Cat at Chase or was that in Minnesota as well? Chase. Talking,
1: two, right. two of them at Chase. Same well, game.
0: He's, he's going to his old stomping grounds. Yeah, Chuck, I think you're – I think they got to – they don't got to do anything, man. I think, people like, I think they win one of these games. I, that's, the, that's the best worst-case scenario. They go one and two, and I don't think that's unreasonable Draymond's out. I think 0-3 would be a bummer for sure. Um, but it's a fun stretch. It's gonna be cool to see. Again, I'm 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 really glad Steph or uh is out for that Bucks game because that's another guy who is just gonna be in Steph's jersey all night. So another opportunity for Steph to go off. I'm not gonna be surprised if they sit um Steph on the Friday night game as well. Clay's not playing back to back again. Chuck, you mentioned earlier how you wouldn't be surprised if you know for the tail end of the season, which we'll be going into uh, in a bit, if Steph hits a lot more. So uh, I think going one and two would be huge. Go be fine. Pardon me. I think going two and one would be absolutely awesome. Three no is probably out of the question. I don't see them winning back to back against the Bulls in that second night, but
1: you never know what's gonna happen. I'm going three and up. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I think I think you like say I said it, man. I think if we can pull out that Bucks game. Um, One of these two, um, obviously two tough matchups. I think, you know, hopefully with Holiday out and if George Hill's out as well, um, just give Steph an opportunity to, um, you know, kind of break out of this funk um, shooting-wise, you know, hopefully. uh, And just two two MVP matchups, you know, Giannis and Steph, Middleton, Clay. I mean, it's going to be a fun one. Um, Chicago's a fun team. I'm excited to watch them play. Um, I I just think that they're – not necessarily slept on, um, just being the one seed in the East. But um, I feel like just with what they were going in the, uh, the season with, uh, just a fun team to watch. So a split there would be huge. Um, and I think you guys said the Wolves game should be a dub uh, just based on you know how well this team has played against inferior – And I won't call the Wolves totally inferior just because they're they a solid team, a good young team. But um, I think the Warriors just defensively um, will be able to win that game regardless of how the offensive – performs um so yeah two and one big time one and two you'll take it oh and three would suck three and 0 i'll buy you guys drinks um everybody that listens to this i'll buy you a drink that's how confident i am it's not gonna happen um sure. but um yeah let's uh let's get let's let's start off with a dub tomorrow and then we'll see we'll see how that goes
0: anything specific you guys want to see in these games as far as certain players mm-hmm. i mean me personally i want to see clay get that jumper going it's been going, to be clear. I want to see you keep getting it going, man, because that's been the definitely the highlight of the last week for uh for, for Dub Nation has been clay. So what do you guys, as far as specifics go, want to see?
2: Definitely echoing the same on Clay. Um I also I forget – what did they scratch Camingo with? Like he had some light injury.
0: Eye lateral knee soreness.
2: Hmm. Uh, doesn't sound overly serious. Uh so <laughs> My goal is I want Kaminga to get 60 minutes across those three games, Um, especially if they're resting guys against the Bulls, you know, give them like a good 25 or so, and maybe try to match him with some Giannis minutes, you know, just have the like pure body on body matchup to throw at him. Um, I think that'll be, that'll be something to look at. So Obviously, we want Clay to tear it up, but I'm looking for big long weekend out of Kaminga, and also play Moses Moody. Like, dude's averaging like 25 in the G League with like great rebounding and defense. Like, pretty sure we need all of those things. So, you know, let the man have at it. <laughs> let
1: the rooks eat. Let the rooks eat. Says Chuck. Um, for me, I. I want to see uh, – I mean, obviously, Clay and Steph uh, be fun, but I want to see Jordan Poole um, kind of, you know, figure it out again. Um, we've seen him have great games this year, but we've also seen him go through stretches where he can't buy a basket. Um, so I think especially if they're resting guys um, like that Bulls game that we're talking about, and even if they're not, I think um, this road trip's a big opportunity for JP to kind of get back into a rhythm, um, especially with the Warriors struggling offensively. Um, I think we saw it yesterday he was driving the hoop a lot um, and he was able to get uh, create some offense um, especially in that third quarter so uh, I just want to see Jordan Poole kind of get back on track Uh, we talked about Wiggins earlier so I want to see those two guys um, really step it up Um, Wiggins obviously the talk's been not as aggressive since Clay came back or whatever it's been two games Um, so kind of shut up the haters and uh, you know just get back into that rhythm that uh, we've seen him play with um, earlier this season. So I think those two guys would be fun to kind of get back on track.
0: Yeah, I think overall, just adjustments Clay being back. I mean, one of the biggest things, obviously, is Jordan Poole's role. I think he's gotten a lot of flack recently for not, like, honestly, just for not getting buckets, but he's been playing, like, okay on offense. Yeah. He's kind of been orchestrating a little bit, and making the offense go. He's, he's doing some Draymond directing as well. Um, so, yeah, I want to see the same thing. I want to see these guys get used to Clay and get, uh, get some things going. But other than that, do you guys have. Uh, for our new segment, our new take of the week segment. You guys pick anything up this week that stood out to you?
2: Um, I don't know if it's quite takey, but Clay is going to be totally fine. Like in terms of playing. take. Like, I mean, I think it. I think you know, if we'd said that before injury, kind of was, but like, you know, barring like any sort of re-injury, like he just lo- like he's moving around so confidently, you know, like. I love the little stuff, like just seeing him, you know, jumping around when he doesn't get a foul call, you know, like the dude is just back in his own body right now. And, you know, maybe he can't fully recover on like Zaire Williams driving to the baseline, but also that dude's 10 years younger than him. So, you know, not coming off too serious leg injuries. So like he'll get there for sure. Uh, I just know that that dude, has worked so hard for this and like barring the stuff that's out of his control, like everything he, that's in his control, he's taken care of. So that's what's awesome to see.
0: Somebody in the athletic pointed out that the Warriors, or just kind of, how they, they didn't point out, they, they kind of just talking about the Warriors internally mentioned that the Warriors are pretty confident that their defense would improve by having Clay instead of Jordan Poole despite all the injuries just because of Clay's size. And that just it, at the time, I was like, "I don't know about that." And then, just watching these last two games, it's so obvious that Clay's know-how and body alone are just an upgrade right away. And so the offense is kind of taking care of itself from what we've seen. But that's been a really cool thing to see so far.
1: I got them. Yeah, um, I think we can all agree on Clay. Um, he's gonna be fine. Um, my take of the week: I got, I got two. Um, one pertains to the Warriors, and that one is. Trust Steve Kerr, guys. Um, you know, it's too too early in the season to, um, you know, I think we see these all the time, but these, like, fuck Steve Kerr, fire Steve Kerr um, tweets, and I think it's hilarious. Um, you know, there's times where, you know, you, everybody thinks they're a coach and they're going to be able to make the right adjustments. Um, trust the man. He's won countless amounts of rings. Um, he knows what he's doing. Um, lineup changes. Um, obviously, you want to win every game, but you know, that's it's, it's not possible. Um, just, let's see what, let's see what works. And, you know, as, as we get closer to uh, when the real season starts, um, then, you know, bring out your big guns about whatever fire Steve Crow, whatever, but you know, January, trust them. Um, second hot take, and this is more comedy wise, but John Morant tweets like a, uh, you know, broken hearted like Instagram poster and it might be the most funny tweets I've ever seen. Um, I, it's it's insane, bro. Like, all right, give me a sec. Let me, let me pull one up. Um, Dude, his,
2: um, while you're pulling that up, like him after the game, that thing where like he had the, he had the and one down the stretch because the Warriors, you know, (laughs) we were just giving Curtis credit and I'm totally with you. But like at the same time, why the hell are you closing with Otto Porter jr.? Oh, totally.
1: I'm not saying don't, don't criticize Uh, him. I'm just saying, meh. You know, quarter five no, with probably. no
0: Draymond and and John Moran in the game is a is a choice, man.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um one I would not make probably, but uh I'm not the one making it, as we've said. I think it so. was just like, I want to be one hundred percent positive this does not work. And so yeah, he just exactly. like, it's, it's, it's it like sucks, you gotta man. like it it, it's like you see the stove and you know the stove is hot, but like you still Remember like maybe I should touch it, you know. Like yeah. just maybe. Um and yeah, then you don't touch the stove again. So I don't think we'll be seeing that one again. So uh, dude
1: jaw like with that with that kid where he got the Oh animal. yeah, like that's just hilarious, bro. Like the kid was in a Warriors jersey he was in a curry jersey and he's cheering for Memphis, like which is totally fine. Like he's a kid, man. Like he's, yeah, he's like for your eight. team. He doesn't know anything. Like, yeah, he's, he's cheering for your team. He's wearing maybe his favorite player's jersey. He's cheering for your team. Well
2: you got well, to throw – well, well, who
1: like, goes to a game
2: is going like, to find a way to be happy about the outcome. And exactly. Then, like, it's happy. their kid,
1: bro. Yeah, like, exactly. Come on, man. And then, okay, so here's one of the tweets. Uh, no convo if they don't see division. Um, <laughs> and then the one that made me fucking cry was – I remember who was cheering for me when it wasn't much to cheer for. 100 emoji, cross fingers. And there's a few more in there and like, they just keep popping up. But Ja Moran think, dude, literally tweets like a simpy like, person and it's the mm. funniest shit I've seen on Twitter. I'm, I'm not so going to I, I
0: kind of love it, man. I think Ja is the best, man. I kind of was... Uh, I love
1: John. Ja. Don't get wrong. Yeah, yeah, i
0: I'm kind of all about though I don't care if you're I eight years old. I'm gonna take your heart out, kind of thing, man. Like I, I think it's,
2: it's
1: hilarious. Awesome. Don't get me wrong. I just think it's. <laughs> and like, then he really said awesome. he
2: was gonna get the kid a jersey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like that's
1: good. Sh- like that's that's dope. Um, I just think personally funniest shit I've seen. In Did a while. you guys see
0: Memphis today? Is having a thing this week where if you bring in your old jerseys from a different team, they'll give you a new jersey, a new Ja or a JJJ jersey. And they're really? takes to the game, man. So you bring that's in like saying, that's yeah, dope, man. I mean,
1: hey, I I love Memphis fans. I think they're dope. Um, especially like having a young team that's that's good. Um, I think they're they're a great fan base. So shout out to all our Grizzlies fans. Um, hopefully see you in the playoffs and break your hearts. But um, you know, it's uh it's funny. And I just I saw it today morning and I just it hit me. I was like, dude, this guy is literally tweeting like somebody that just got his heartbroken. You tweeting Jada, listen to him. Oh yeah! Please keep tweeting. Yeah, Be calm. Be calm my life. It uh, reminded me of the. Uh, do you guys remember
2: that breakdown where it's like how NFL players tweet by position? Like yeah, bro, I, that was the one of the, shit best, I've seen. one of the best. One of the best tweets a great, of all time. So yeah, great, where it's like how wide receivers tweet like. The enemy speaks softly and holds the <laughs> knife, or something like like that's what Ja does. Like Ja just tweets that. It's, like, it's so funny. It's also like, like seconds Vegas. after the
0: game is done, man. It's like, I know. like bro, you it's right like that that. Watch, you're like on his Apple Watch talking to Twitter, man. Yeah, um,
1: I'm like, damn, this lit. Good for you, Jaw. I
0: got
2: two as I well. Like, thought of that. it during like a timeout. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm sure. I think <laughs> as soon as he like, I think he thought of one when D Lee hit that three over him, and he was like, "Man, love when y'all don't." respect me, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what it was, but shit was funny, man. Keep it coming, John. I love it. It's hilarious. It makes me laugh. It's awesome, um, man. Uh,
0: I got I got two. I got one. I mentioned you guys earlier. Van Gundy before, I don't know what game it was. It was one of the national ESPN games, obviously, but Clay's coming back and I don't know who was calling the game with him, but they said yeah, they want to bring him back at home to honor the fans. Van Gundy acted like that was an absolute insult to all of him, <laughs> man. He was like, why, why, why does he have to come home against the chase? I don't get it. It's just a game. It's a game. And like Charlie mentioned, I think he's trolling, but I, I, I wanted to give Van Gundy some, uh, some shine here for one. That was a, that was a rough one. Clay coming back was an all time special moment. I also yeah. just want to, I want to acknowledge some Looney hate, man. Cause I don't, I, I want to be totally honest. Looney is like one of my, every game I get two good laughs out of Kavon Looney, but he's also been playing great this year. Like he's been a legitimately <laughs> oh great boy. defender this year. He's rebounding his guy, ass baby. off. Um, but I, I tweeted, is any cause more lost than a bucket after Looney has brought the ball down near the basket? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a joke, man. I, I laugh about it every time. The second the ball goes down, I know, I know. I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is done. This play is <laughs> over. And, yeah, and back on whatever DJs. happens next, I'm going to enjoy this this ride while Looney pump big seven times and eventually falls slowly at the ground, okay? But our guy here.
2: Dude, his, when he hit that, that like little turnaround over Jared. Oh, out. my God, dude. I was laughing my ass <laughs> off.
0: Dude, it's just great stuff. But our guy, our guy, SJ seven six five nine three two eight zero quote tweets me. And yeah, in these moments, I wanted to just tweet like I wasn't. That wasn't upset, man. He tweets, "Fucking trash ass player offensively. Fucking screens <laughs> for one second. This guy can't make a layup." I'm like, I just want to be like, man, I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not,
1: not. I'm not, just, enjoying these misses. <sighs>
0: he's Looney's great, man. So I want people to lay off Loon, man. I don't. Know, if you're expecting, you know. Some Hakeem stuff, you're gonna be disappointed, man. But if you start expecting, I don't know,
1: man. Loon God guy can bring down that too. Don't don't sleep. Hey, don't sleep. On I got nothing but on. love
0: for Looney, man. So I just wanted to point out our guy here. You got to relax, man. Come on, Looney is uh he's doing what he's supposed to do, and he's he's taking you for a fun ride all the while. So 18 appreciate damn
2: rebounds against the Cavs. Yeah, he's eating eighteen absolutely boards against eaten.
0: the biggest lineup in basketball, man. So you got to...
2: absolutely eaten.
1: I don't want to hear any of that slander, dude.
2: That was that was the perfect description of how Looney plays, like. that he does his job for like 25 minutes and you're going to get a couple laughs out of it
0: every game man every game Zach Lowe had a description a while ago where it's like you don't know what's going to happen when the ball goes up it might might go in it might not touch the rim at all even if he's a foot away he might shoot it all the way (laughs) over the rim it's like you just don't know what's happening man so shout out to Looney for all the joy and laughter he provides uh dub nation and the opposing team fans every night man because does good stuff you guys,
2: uh, pop that note. With that scorcher of a take, man. What, dude? The one thing too at the end of the Cavs game, when it's like, I think they were up like eight, and they're like, it was like a minute left, and Garland goes for a layup, and you know, obviously, like you don't want to like give anything up or whatever, but like, you know, quick two in that situation, like whatever. and Looney just gets like as high as he can to block like what garland just thought was going to be an easy layup like he just did not expect (laughs) loon to like even try for it and like wait
1: till the last second
2: bro dude he got up
1: for it too like by his standards like it was so funny (laughs) if we could get the future the past future kevin durant on our podcast one day
0: Speaking of new I would, existence, I I'm would gonna call re- it the, the game game forty one Loony podcast. Man, we can <laughs> we we'll
1: call rock it the Loony hips. We we'll call we we'll call it the Loon dog hips. or some yeah. shit like that. Um, <laughs> but other than that, guys, yo, this has been a fun one. I love these take of the week segments. Matt, Charlie, anything you guys got to shout out before we call it call it a wrap on this one?
2: As always, you know, I'll be tweeting my clips. Five 11 <laughs> business as usual at Claytheist11. Yes, sir. Uh, check it out. And also, you know, these fellas right here are usually way on top of the in-game tweets more than I. <laughs> I'm always bringing it. Like, so, always yeah, check out. Yeah, get us some of that
1: clout, Clay. Claytheist. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, keep,
0: clout. keep following Chuck here at Claytheist11. Uh, start hopping in our spaces, please, for, uh, for Game 6 Clay Pod. There's no better way to celebrate return of the goat clay thompson then uh following the game six clay podcast man there actually are many better ways this is one good way so
1: it's a that well. is yes. <laughs> that is on god i can't top that enough um i do have a shout out to all niners fans a uh, big game this weekend fuck the cowboys let's get a dub uh, but other than that guys um, it's been a pleasure and see you guys at game six clay and we out peace Do it. The Golden State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference Final for the second straight year. They eliminate
2: the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just
1: a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden
2: and the Rockets.